Welcome back to the Rockcast, brought to you by Onyx Hunt Maps and Rockslide.com. Jordan here, uh, fresh off of a weekend of chasing bucks in the high country. It was super smoky this weekend, but it has cooled down a little bit, which is quite different from what it has been since season started on the 1st of September. Uh, it is now the 12th as I record this. And uh, unfortunately, the buck that I was after in my drainage ended up getting killed. So we packed out yesterday and looking to try some new spots and probably just switch units all completely um, here coming up this week. So what uh, I'm going to roll solo on this podcast and what I want to talk about is uh, backcountry, backcountry camping gear or uh, just sleep systems all to do with the camp. Um, it all, I was just going to talk about sleep systems and then, uh, I've been trying a couple of new stoves and I thought that was all applicable for backcountry camping gear. Um, and along with uh, some lighting options. So that is what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to roll through like early to later season and what I'm going to I'm going to talk about, I want this to be like pretty comprehensive, but, um, the shelters and sleeping bags and pads and things that I'm going to talk about are the ones that I have like narrowed down to be in my garage. Um, and I, uh, I've gotten the opportunity, you know, being a tester for some things and a reviewer that I've got to try a lot of things. Um, some things have been, you know, sent to me to try, um, other things I've just bought outright. And I would say it's probably, it's probably like a 50, 50 deal and all of about what I've you know bought with my own money and then what I've got to review. So, uh, I'll try to touch on though that a little bit. I don't know, um, if it really matters, but, um, so I guess going into, to shelters here, like, um, freestanding tents, like your traditional freestanding shelters, um, your traditional tent, those definitely have a place. Uh, floorless shelters in my mind also have a place and they're super versatile. Uh, so I have both and I'll just run through kind of why when you, for me anyways, when I would want to use one of, you know, one or the other. So, in most situations, uh, these floorless shelters can, um, you can get inserts for them. So, um, you know, what, I guess one of the big draws to a floorless shelter for backpacking is, uh, you get a lot for the weight that you're carrying. So typically you're pitching them with trekking poles or you're pitching them with like, you know, a manufacturer pole. Um, but, they throw like a pretty big footprint for the weight that you're carrying and you're not carrying like, you know, the two or three poles like you would be for a traditional backpacking tent. So you're saving on the space as well. So, uh, what I've come down to for like now there's uh, two of us, Leah and I are hunting together a ton. So, uh, but I also hunt solo a lot. So I kind of needed an option for both. So, um, Argali sent us the Absorca, their four person. It's a teepee or it's a, it's a pyramid style teepee shelter. So what that means is like, you know, the traditional teepees that you see, 
they, you know, they look like a cone basically. Um, but their, their footprint is round and that can be kind of like tricky to pitch, just takes a little bit longer to pitch and to get like really right, if that makes sense. Um, so I wanted one that was a pyramid style that the bottom, your footprint is pitched like a square. And what that does is it makes it a lot easier to pitch. So, um, with you just literally, um, put the shelter on the ground when you're pitching it, do your four corners, stake in your four corners, throw a pole up in the middle and it's pitched. Um, and then there's, you know, other guy out points and, you know, other staking points on the sides to, to help get the, um, you know, to help pitch it more taut, um, and to help with wind and things like that. But all in all, it's just much simpler to pitch. So that's what we got. Uh, the four person I'm like five ten. uh, in that shelter, you can, you can, or I can anyways, I can't all the way stand up inside, but I got to hunch over a little bit, but still makes it nice to be able to stretch out, um, just a little bit, you know, put your pants on in the morning without having to like, um, you know, flounder around on your sleeping bag, trying to do it and then roll out of the, you know, roll out of the tent to stand up. Um, so it's nice to be able to stand up in there. Uh, we put our sleeping pads, uh, side by side on one side. The other side gives us plenty of room for our gear. Both of our gear will bring our backpacks in with us. Um, and our bows as well. And all that fits in there pretty well. And you still have a space to like get in and out of the tent. Um, so with that in all floorless shelters, you need a way to, you want to protect your sleeping pad from the ground. Um, because there's like, you know, sticks and, and rocks and, you know, even little things like some long pine needles that are you know pretty hard. Uh, they can puncture your sleeping pad and obviously you don't want that. So you need to carry something with you for, to protect your sleeping pad. Um, there's a few ways that we have done this. Um, when I am solo by myself, I'll use uh, a product they, that's called the Bora Bivy. Um, it's from Bora, B-O-R-A-H. Uh, they're pretty, I mean, cheap compared to other bivvies and it is super lightweight and basically what that does, you slide your sleeping pad into it, your sleeping bag. So everything is all contained into one, which is really nice. And then it gives you, um, with that particular one, it, uh, it's like a, just a super, you know, lightweight material. It goes, um, underneath your, your pad to protect you. It goes most of the way over the top of your bag and then it turns into like a bug netting that you can actually, you can zip, even when you're in it, you can zip the bivy completely closed and you have bug netting over your face. And there is a tie out point where you can attach like a piece of cord and run it to the inside of the tent or in, you know, wherever to keep that netting off of your face. But that will protect you from getting, you know, bugs and, and other things in with you and then it'll protect your sleeping pad. Uh, but we run, um, we have the, we have Thermarest, it's called the Thermarest coupler straps. And basically it takes both of our sleeping pads and it ties them together. So they're, 
right side by side. And then I've talked about it a bunch before. We zip our uh, sleeping bags together. So that's obviously more of a couple thing. But uh, they don't actually, I haven't found a bivy that will in well that will go over both pads it's just kind of a single system so when i'm solo that works really well when there's two of us um a couple of options that you have for that um that we have for it actually i bought just a uh, a nemo footprint a three-person nemo footprint for one of their tents and it's pretty lightweight compact take it with us and we stake it out inside of that floorless and put both of our sleeping pads on it so it gives us some protection from the ground Um, but the one thing that that doesn't protect you from is uh, like bugs and stuff in the early season and typically like doesn't really bother me I've talked about it before if I was going to go into a place where there were snakes I probably would not do that. Actually, 100% would not do that. Um, I would want something that was more of like enclosed that like really kept those things out. So um, I don't really hunt in those places anyways, or I guess those scenarios where you would be like in the low country with the snakes. Um, But with just like bugs and stuff, ants have been a thing this year that have annoyed me a little bit. So what we can do in those situations is we can throw in like an insert or like a nest. And basically what that is, is it has uh, like a lightweight floor to it. And then it has bug netting. And uh, the, the Abzuroka one is a full nest. So it takes up the full space inside of that. Um, so you don't like have any, there's no like floorless, uh, like vestibule area or anything. It's just all Uh, a floor and then the bug netting which uh, is really nice it just keeps things like a little bit more clean too um, as long as you don't like go in and out with your boots on Uh, keeps things a little more clean contained and then the bugs and whatever can't get in with you Um, there are also some companies who who make them that are like half nests so that would basically be like your sleep setup and all that would be inside the nest Um, and then you would still have part of that shelter that's just straight up floorless. Um, I really like that kind of system. Um, but you know, right now our goalie only has the, the full nest, which works good. Um, you know, with that, you're gonna, it's obviously going to be something else in your pack. You're going to have to carry it. It's a little bit more bulky adds a little more weight to your setup, but it's a good way to do it. So this year we've ran it both ways. Um, a little earlier in the season, we were running it with the nest in. And then uh, when we packed into this basin, we ended up just taking the, the footprint with us. And that worked. Um, that has been working really well. Uh, and now that it's it's cooled off and we shouldn't be having the, the bug situation as much as we were before. So that's one system. And that is really versatile for us because... Uh, for two of us and all of our gear, it gives us a lot of room for not very much weight, which is pretty great. And then uh, in the later season, you know, we even now we're not using the nest as much. But in the later season, I will put in uh, the Kafaru. I got the medium box stove and I will run a stove in that and it turns it into a hot tent 
for not very much weight either. So that is one thing that's super versatile with that. Um, so that is what, uh, you know, that's really what we've been using like 90% of this year thus far. Season is finally here, everybody. And let this be your reminder to make sure to download all of your Onyx Hunt maps into offline mode before you head out into the field and lose service. And if you don't have Onyx Hunt maps yet, go to Onyx Maps forward slash hunt and use code ROCKCAST at checkout. You'll get 20% off. Go on, download the app, and you're just going to have a a mapping app that is right at your fingertips. Definitely helps with uh, decision-making and certainly helps with dropping pins and just keeping things organized. So it is a great tool in the backcountry. I don't think anybody can dispute that. Go to onyxmaps.com forward slash hunt to check it out. There are a few things that I love more than waking up on the crisp September mornings and glassing for bucks, listening for bugles, and just enjoying my time out in the field. And I really do think that that is enhanced by some good coffee. My go-to is Black Rifle Coffee's Instant Coffee Packs. Uh, They're small little packet sticks. They dissolve right into the water. You're not chewing on any grounds or any crazy things like that. They taste great, and they're great for mornings, of course, and then also a midday pick-me-up, which I really do enjoy. So go to blackriflecoffee.com. If you use code ROCKSLIDE with your order, you will receive 20% off. Go check it out. If you're anything like me, uh, you're always trying new gear stuff. Doesn't matter what time of year it is, even if it's in the middle of September, you're swapping things around. A great way to save some cash on that is actually to get cash back over just saving money at a sale or something. And with ActiveJunkie.com, you can do that. So go to ActiveJunkie.com forward slash rockslide. It's going to give you access to some of the favorite outdoor and hunting brands. But overall, on the Active Junkie website, they have 1,500 brands and retailers. Basically, what they're doing is they're giving you cash back for clicking through to the brand or retailer you want to purchase through, through their website. So let's say you want a new sleeping pad. Yours went flat. You want to do that through Shields. Go to ActiveJunkie.com. Go to the Shields logo. Click on it. It's going to take you to the Shields website. You're going to purchase your new sleeping pad. Shields is going to ship that to you. And then Active Junkie is going to give you cash back up to 20% cash back for that purchase. So it's a great way to stack on with sales that the brand retailer is already doing and then get some cash back on the back end. So it's a great way to purchase gear. Check out activejunkie.com forward slash rockslide for more info. So this September, I think everybody can agree, has been absolutely hotter than hell so far and got me thinking it's really important to have good clothing to keep you cool, comfortable, and deadly, really. Um, Firstlight.com has you covered on that. They have everything you could ever need from early to the late season. This September, I have been rocking the Wick t-shirt a whole bunch. Um, Super comfortable t-shirt. I also love the Wick hoodie version of that. And for pants, I've just been using my like one pant to do it all in pretty much all the seasons, the Corgit Foundry Pant. You get a knee pad option. You can take them out if you don't like them. They have giant hip vents, which are you know key for uh, ventilation. And then the material is heavy enough that it'll take you all the way through the late season. You can find all of that and tons more at firstlight.com. 
I do have a Hilleberg, a Rogan, and uh, that is a, a two-person. It's a freestanding tent, so you've got your two poles that run. Uh, you know, it's more of your traditional tent. So you have an inner tent, an outer tent. Your two poles run the length of you, you know, kind of cross over you. And then, uh, you know, depending which one you have, you could have a pole that runs uh over the top of you, like rainbow-like over the top of you, or um, the Rogan just has a short pole that runs um, horizontal over you that basically just kicks the vestibules out a little bit and gives you a little bit more room in your vestibules. Uh, that specific tent, it, uh, it is a two-person and it has two entries and vestibules. So basically each person has their own entry and vestibule, which makes it nice for organizing gear and all that stuff. Um, oh, one thing I didn't really talk about, uh, that Argali with their pole, like we've been running it is like two pounds. So that's, you know, obviously that's really nice. Uh, the nest is going to add some more weight to that. Probably. I didn't look at these before I did this podcast. It's like a little over a pound for the nest, I think. Um, or right, right about there. And, uh, so depending on how you run that, you know, your weights are going to change a little bit, but that's about, um, what it is with their pole and just the shelter. It's about two pounds. Uh, this Rogan is in the four pound ballpark right in there, maybe a tick over. And, um, so it's a two person, but it's still not so heavy that, uh, that like, I don't want to carry it. Um, I think for like, you know, high alpine, if you're going to be away from trees altogether and you're going to be pitching it probably like on a, you know, on a windy ridge or a saddle or something that's going to catch a lot of wind, I think that um, that's where like a freestanding, like this Hilleberg, that's where it kicks in for us. Um, if it's going to be really rocky and hard to knock stakes in, um, the freestanding just kind of gets you around some of that. So I think for like the variety of hunts that, that I end up doing and get to do, it's, it's a really good option to have. I probably, now that I've like gotten into being more comfortable with floorless, I definitely don't use that tent as much as I, you know, I did before I got into some more floorless options. Um, but it's a really important one to have like going on a sheep hunt or something like that. Um, when you're in the rocks and just, you know, high alpine, a lot of times, you know, mule deer country, depending on where you're at is really, um, high up there. Uh, these like standard tents do really well in wind if you, you know, get a good one. And, uh, yeah, so it's in, it's in there as an option. Um, and then another tent that, that I've used a little bit this summer is the seek outside Silex and, that's a one person floorless. Uh, it pitches with two trekking poles. So I don't even have to carry, uh, poles that are just for it. I just use my trekking poles and, uh, that has seemed to work really good. Um, they also make an insert for that. I don't have the insert. I just run it with my Bora Bivy and that is a really lightweight, good setup as well. So, um, I've tried, the Seek Outside Eolus. I used to have that. That's basically the two-person version of the Silex. And um, I think the Silex is a little bit 
uh, simpler to pitch and you can pitch it all the way to the, you can pitch the walls to the ground as well, which I seem to like, I don't really like the walls like that high up off the ground. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm using there. And a pad that I've been using for a long time. I've really liked the big Agnes pads. Um, the Q core when it first came out, when it was gray, I used that. And then I went over to the, the Q core shoot. It's the, it's the ultralight one. Um, it's green and that was a good pad as well. Um, it didn't have quite the R value that I wanted for just using, you know, one pad all season. So I ended up selling that and I got the Q core deluxe, which is a really warm pad. Um, it has quilted baffles and the one thing with the quilted baffles I found is they aren't quite as comfortable for me as the vertical baffles. Um, you know, Big Agnes also has their air core. I haven't used that one yet, but that has vertical baffles. Uh, what I ended up going to is the XPED, uh, the SL5, I believe it's called. And that has an R value of like 4.8. Um, I think it's running like 17 ounces, 18 ounces, right up in there as vertical baffles. Uh, that has been a really comfortable pad for me. I really like it. And then uh, Nemo actually just sent me their Tensor pad. That is, uh, that pad has an R value of 4.2, has the vertical baffles. It runs 15 ounces. So a little bit lighter than that X-Ped and it packs down literally to the size of a Nalgene bottle. So I have been super impressed uh, with that setup and I really like it. So both of those have been super happy with and uh, you should give them a look if you're in the sleeping pad market. And <clears throat> all right, going into some sleeping bag stuff. Uh, I just bought the Enlightened Equipment Enigma quilt. I was hoping it was going to be here before I left on this trip um, before the weekend started, but it didn't, but it's here now. And so far in the living room, I really like the design of it. Um, I've been around some other quilts a little bit and, you know, different ways of like how, how people want to like attach them to the pad or attach them underneath of you. And I've been really impressed so far with just how this um, Enigma attaches around you. And uh, it attaches around me more than other quilts have. So um, there's been some other quilts I've been around. I've used like the Kafaru quilt. I'm not even sure they're making that thing anymore. But it was a little more open on the back. Um, took a little bit more to like to get it tucked in around you, if that makes sense. Um, I've been really impressed just in the living room so far with this Enigma quilt. It like clips around you, but it gives you, there's not very much of the back that's open. It really tucks around you really well. So, um, looking forward to using that. The, uh, they have some other, uh, they have quite a few like models of their quilts. I got the Enigma because it has, it, it has a, like an enclosed foot box and usually my feet get chilly. So I got that. I think it's 25 ounces for the whole quilt. It's uh, it's ten it's a 10 degree is what I got. And I got the 850 fill more so. Uh, you can go up to a 950 fill as well. But I wanted to save a little bit of cash. And I just went with the 850 fill. But um, can't say too much about it. 
other than uh, what I've messed with it. And it really, it seems to uh, wrap around you really well and I'm excited to, to use it this week. So that is a really good option for lightweight. Uh, in the early season, I'm not at all um, scared of going with that route. Um, as far as sleeping bags go, uh, the Western Mountaineering bags, I've talked about them a lot. We have the Badger and we have an Antelope and we got alternating zippers. So I have a, I think a left zip and Leah has a right zip so we can zip them together. So that, you know, that is a a plus if you hunt with a significant other and then gosh, what else? Uh, oh, also with that Nemo tensor pad. They sent me their stalker bag, which is basically the Nemo first light, um, like conjunction sleeping, uh, sleeping bag. It is a zero degree. They do list it on their comfort rating scale at a 15 degree. And then, you know, their, their limit at zero degree, you know, I just used it the, this last weekend, um, it's a comfortable bag. They do have like zippers that allow it to breathe a little bit more if it's warmer outside. Um, that bag, I think it's in the, it's in the two pound mark. So, um, you know, for full on, and that's pretty much what the Western Mountaineering bags are. They're a little bit lighter than that stalker bag, but, uh, you know, all in all, that was a comfortable bag. I don't have enough nights in it to really you know, talk about it a lot, but it was a comfortable bag this last weekend. So those are are some of the things that I've been using there. Hopefully, hopefully that all made some sense. Um, I want to touch on like later. See, I don't want to go too far into like vehicle camping type stuff. Um, honestly, uh, with this trailer that we did, we did, um, I got an enclosed trailer to pull the side by side and I insulated the walls, put some, you know, basic 12 volt electrical type stuff in it. Um, and so it's basically our, our camper, but, uh, it's just a travel trailer. So it's not like a full on, I guess it's not even a travel trailer. It's a cargo trailer that we converted and made it so it's comfortable to, camp out of, I guess. And so since we, we did that, you know, the setup and takedown time is pretty much like 30 minutes on either end. And that's basically made it to where in the later season, we don't even, um, mess with wall tents that much, but I do have the, the Davis tent go tent that I use a lot. Like if I'm traveling to film or something like that, I'm going to a camp with somebody else. Uh, don't want to pull the trailer. Don't need the side by side then we're going with, um, some kind of wall tent when it, uh, if it's just me, I'm just going to take the, the go tent. It's a 10 by 10. The floor is sewn in. Um, and I can put a stove in that as well. And then if there's two of us going, um, I have the, I got the antelope package quite a few years ago. It's basically, it's the 12 by 15 tent. That's really good for two people and all your stuff, especially if you're going to put a stove in there, you have room to put a table up and, you know, have chairs and you can stand up in the whole thing and kick back. And it's a really comfortable, really comfortable setup. Um, with that antelope package comes the, uh, the summit, their, their stoves, their summit stoves. Um, and the one that I have is the Valley. 
it's their smallest one. And uh, that'll get that 12 by 15, you know, pretty damn hot. And especially get that, that little go tent really hot. So um, that is what, uh, if we're not going to take the trailer, we don't need the side by side and we don't want to pull a trailer. We're going to use those, those wall tents. Um, with a wall tent, like sleeping bags don't change at all. You know, we will do a cot. We just have like the Cabela's $50 cots. I think they're like 50 bucks or 40 bucks. Um, pretty cheap. So got a couple of those. And then, um, the sleeping pads, you can still like use your, use your blow up sleeping pad on top of a cot. Um, give you some insulating value under that. I would like be wary of just sleeping on a cot with nothing underneath of you because, um, when you're laying on that sleeping bag, the down underneath you is compressing and it's not giving you any insulation and it's going to get cold underneath of that thing. So you want something underneath of you, like a pad. Um, I have the Davis tents. Um, they make a sleeping pad. It's just like a foam roll up sleeping pad. Um, you know, for these car camping type hunts, uh, they're bulky and, but they're super comfy. So the car camping type hunts, uh, they're awesome for, um, but other than that, sleeping bags don't really change. I use the same, you know, sleeping bags. Probably that Western Mountaineering Badger is one that, that I seem to just, you know, grab for things like that. Um, Davis Tent also started making a sleeping bag cover. So, uh, you can put your pad inside of it and your sleeping bag. It can, uh, you know, it protects everything and it can bump, it can add some degrees, uh, to your, to your whole sleep system. So, that is, uh, that's what we use if we're not taking a trailer with us and we're doing a car camping trip. Um, so, okay. Going on to stoves a little bit and some water type stuff. So stoves for quite a long time, I've been using the Soto Windmaster with a GSI minimalist cup. And, uh, for whatever reason, I just decided that I wanted to try to go a little bit lighter. I wanted to try to upgrade my stove. So I went with a pocket rocket deluxe and, uh, that I think it's 3.9 ounces, um, is what that stove weighs. And then I went with a Tokes 550 milliliter pot. Um, it's a titanium cup basically. And, you know, I think that system for running, like if you want to take a, I usually take a stove with me, like during rifle season when it's colder, um, I'll take a stove with us and in the midday, make coffee in the middle of the day. Um, usually, you know, we've started taking like mac and cheese or like ramen with us. We could take, uh, we can make that in the middle of the day for like a, a hot meal, kind of pick me up lunch, which has uh, been nice. That system is, it's really lightweight and for like solo, I mean, the only reason that that's really a solo setup is just because that the cup size, you can't really make like enough, you can't boil enough water for two mountain house meals. So you'd have to, you know, boil water for one and then boil water for the other, which isn't the end of the world. Um, but I basically got it to, to take with us in the middle of the day and then to use on my solo backcountry hunts that I do to just shave some weight. Um, that's a, that deluxe is really good stove. It has, um, I've been really impressed with it. It has like an internal 
piezo lighter, which is has a little bit different, uh, has a different way. It's not. It's usually like a red button that you click. Um, this one is like a steel, almost like a lever, and it seems to work. Seems to work a little better than the ones I've I've round with just the with like the red button for some reason, and then it also has a pressure regulator in it, so helps uh, helps things run more efficiently when like you're at altitude or when your that stove or your fuel canister gets like low on on fuel, just makes it run a little bit more efficient. So um, <clears throat> that's what I got. Um, I just kind of did that upgrade more for, uh, for myself to use something different than just, uh, you know, the Soto Windmaster has been awesome for me. I've run it for a lot of years, still works great. And, but yeah, that pocket rocket deluxe, I really like it. And, uh, if there's two of us going, we'll switch it up a little bit. Um, Leah has the Jetboil Minimo and we've been using that a bit this summer and, I'm, I've been really impressed, uh, with that jet boil. Um, I have the, I've had the jet boil flash in the past and it's like, you know, they're, they're cheaper model. I think it's like 80, 90 bucks. Um, the jet boil, that minimo, you're going to be up more in that like 140, $150 mark, I think. Um, but that Minimo has a regulator on it as well. I don't believe that the flash did. Uh, the Minimo, it can, you can dial it back to where you can like simmer. Um, it's not just like when you start it, it's like full bore going to boil water or nothing. You can feather it back a little bit, um, which is kind of nice. Usually in the morning when I'm making coffee, if I bring that water to a boil and then put coffee in it, it just takes forever for it to cool off. And yeah, I just want to be able to drink it quick. So I don't, I just usually warm that water up and then put coffee in it. So Jet Boil Mini Mo has been great. Uh, another stove that we use a lot uh, is the, uh, the MSR reactor. And that's something, you know, for later season, like if you want to cut wind and be like super efficient, I don't think you can beat that MSR reactor. It just is, it's like pretty pricey. Um, but it is a kick-ass stove. So a jet boil minimo. I've been like super impressed with it. Uh, coffee cup wise, especially it's kind of funny because I've, I drank coffee out of that, that Tokes pot. Um, I didn't buy the hot lip. They have a thing called a hot lips that goes on the edge of the cup so you can drink out of it when it's hot. Um, I found that I'll warm that water up shut the stove off, put the coffee in it. Um, and then I just like set it off the stove and let it sit for just like a few minutes. And the outside of the, the cup is not nearly like as scorching hot as it was. And that lets me drink out of it. And that was okay. But for the most part, I bring a coffee cup with me. Um, so GSI makes one I've used a bit. That's really lightweight. I like that one quite a bit. And then but to be honest with you, I usually just bring a Yeti coffee cup. They have those, uh, like tw I think they're 12 ounce ones. You can bring a lid with them. I usually don't bring the lid, um, but it has a little handle on the side and it just keeps your liquids warm for a long time. So it's a little heavier than a lot of options, but I found it to be pretty, pretty dang effective and, and nice. So, um, okay. Water purification stuff, uh, I've talked about it before. I try to plan for four liters per day 
and I hope for three liters a day, um, including, and that includes everything like my cooking water. Um, I need to be better about drinking water. Uh, I think the, a, a system I've been running for a long time is the Steripin Adventure and a Nalgene bottle. That pair, I don't know if I'm just used to it or what, but that pair just seems to work super well for me. Um, Hydropack has some nice bladders. Like I have a two liter that has the hose coming off of it. I don't use it a ton, but for these early season hunts, I seem to use it a little more. And then, um, I have a three liter, like a cell of water. They call them their cells, I think. And instead of like a, you know, a big round water bladder, there's more of like a cylindrical, um, they pack a little bit nicer when they're completely full and they've just been nice for me. Um, and then the MSR dromedary bags, um, I have a couple of those that are six liters. Those have also been great. Um, if I'm going like really lightweight and just the system that I've, I've run for a long time, I do analogy with that Steripin and then I'll take, you know, one or two of those dromedary bags with me and I will just use the MSR aqua tabs and I'll fill those bladders up, pop the aqua tabs in them. You're supposed to shake it up a little bit and you leave it for like 30 minutes and then it'll purify that water. Um, a lot of times I like to have some kind of a drink mix with my water. So the taste, there's a little bit of a taste that those aqua tabs leave when it, when it's treating the water. Um, and the drink mixes seem to cover that up. So that has worked really well for me. And then, uh, a few years ago I got the, um, actually Black Ovis sent me the MSR 10 liter bladder with an inline water filter. We've been using that a bunch for this, uh, early season and it really seems to be working well. Uh, you know, one problem you can run into with like those ceramic filters is, um, if they're full of water and it freezes, they can crack. And then while the water still flows through it, it might not be filtering like you think it is, or you think it, you know, <clears throat> I guess like you think it is. So that's something to think about. Uh, sometimes like if, if we were going to leave, um, our, our high country camp overnight or something, I would just completely detach, like drain the filter. I would try, I would back flush the filter and then I would try to, you know, shake it out, shake all the water out, blow the water out if I could and just try to get it to where there's not water in there. So if it did freeze, um, it wouldn't crack. So they just take a little bit more care. Um, there are like squeeze filter options. Uh, Leah has the be free from Katadin and really likes it. Uh, I bought the platypus, um, quick draw this year and it does, uh, work well. It, it just takes a little bit more time. You know, you got to squeeze the water through and it's not like a really quick squeeze in it through it like takes a little bit of time and and whatever but that is like a really uh that's a really lightweight like good system as well um that quick draw the filter attaches to the outside of the bag um that catted in attaches to the inside of the bag so i don't know that's they're just kind of different systems i know they also make a sawyer squeeze um squeeze one as well that people really seem to like. So there's a few different options. Uh, I've found, you know, that stair pin with analogy 
seems to be pretty good. Uh, we were dipping out of some streams that, was, that had a lot of muck in them, or if you, you mess with them at all, you like stirred a bunch of, you know, you like, I don't want to say silt, but you stir a bunch of stuff up in the water. And that is where like a, a for sure filter comes in really handy is because it is like a filter to uh, the, you know, little mud and grass particles and things that get in the water. So that's what I have there. Um, I want to just while we're talking about it, I want to talk about food real quick. My big thing I'm just trying to been trying to tell everybody is like, keep it simple. Uh, you don't have to bulk order all these meals from places. Like for the most part, you can go into your local grocery store or Walmart and get things for, you know, for fairly like reasonable cost wise. Uh, I think like Snickers bars or Reese's or anything like that. I really like those Reese's take fives. They're good. Those Reese's sticks, they're really good. You've got your, you know, standard Snickers. There's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. You're burning so many calories. You want to take things with you that you want to eat. So that is kind of my advice on there. Um, there is our, our buddies, uh, the Whitwer brothers, Dustin Whitwer has come up with uh, a service that's called Backpack Logistics. It is basically a food builder. So if you go to Backpack Logistics, you can fill, you can like build your food out for a day that you want. And then you tell them how many of them you want. They'll build it for you, send it to you, and you'll have everything in a, a package <clears throat> that you just grab for the day. And that's it. And uh, Dustin came up with that because he, like myself and a lot of us probably we open up our food totes for the year and we were just like what is in here um and so he just like simplifies it uh you know a bit more efficient on that end because you have five days worth of food and you head out the door you're not overpacking you're not underpacking you know exactly what's in each one of those bags so uh, just a little shout out there to Backpack Logistics. Uh, but other than that, if you're building your own, which is, you know, not difficult, just keep it simple. Uh, Cliff Bars, a lot of people, like Cliff Bars seem to get a bad rap because people have used them for so long, but they have come out with so many new flavors. They have like mocha coffee ones that are super good. Um, you know, they have peanut butter banana. They have a lot of they have a lot of different flavors now that you can really mix and match and keep it kind of shaken up. Um, one thing I really like on the mountain are like Ritz crackers, either the cheese ones or the peanut butter ones, either or. Uh, that gives you some salt. And when you have like so much sugar and everything, it's really nice. Like I find myself craving that salt type stuff. Um, there's like you can make sandwiches. Um, I made a few the peanut butter bacon honey ones uh, for these upcoming hunts. Um, another one I really like is just to use like salami, um, like salami and cheese and then some of those like little flat bagels or a wrap or something like that and do the sauce of your choice. Uh, it seems like you can even at some grocery stores you can get individual servings of like mayo or something like that. Um, those are, those just seem to be really good. They might be a little bit, you know, more on the heavy side, but for most of these hunts that we're doing in the West, I mean, we're talking four or five day hunts for the most part. 
and weight isn't like you're not doing a 10 day sheep hunt where you really need to, to like count your ounces. Um, I think something like the salami and cheese, it's just more like whole foods that you're used to eating. And those are the things that I crave after a couple of days. Um, one of the, the, uh, like bars that are like kind of specialty bars or whatever that I do like to order and really like, uh, are from Kate's real bars, the peanut butter, dark chocolate. For some reason, those things just don't get old to me. So I do, um, I'll just order a whole case of those in from Amazon actually. Um, and then another, oh, another thing for the lunches that you can do, like I talked about before with the stoves, uh, we'll just get like the individual servings of mac and cheese. You do that with a packet of like, I don't, I don't like tuna, so I don't like the tuna creations, but they make one called chicken creations. You can get some different flavors of those mac and cheese with a packet of that. And it is really like pretty filling and it's more of a wholesome, like a little more of a comfort food type thing. You can do the same with ramen noodles, especially when it's colder. You can, uh, it's a real, it's a really nice pick me up, I guess, and can get your attitude back going. Um, jerky and snack sticks. I'm not like a huge jerky fan, but I do like, you know, a little like sausage or, um, snack sticks or what we call them. I like to take some of those string, uh, string cheese or like individual package cheese. It's another thing that's, that's really a good staple that kind of keeps you away from some of the sugary stuff. Uh, and then, you know, dinner wise, we pretty much just keep it. We just keep it with the, uh, freeze drieds, um, peak refuel. Of course, they make some great ones. Um, mountain house, they make a lot of flavors that, you know, we really like, we kind of mix and match between all of them. Um, another company that we've used a little bit this year is called gastronome and they make some really good meals too. I had like a, it was like a yogurt braised chicken or something like that. And it was super awesome. So gastronome. Um, and then, then another one that we just dipped into was I had randomly probably from the fuel box back in the day, I had the next mile meals and it was like, a not like a lasagna, but it was basically like cheese, marinara sauce and hamburger and or like sausage it was kind of like a lasagna except you didn't have the noodles with it and that's all about what that next mile meal uh, company is all about it's basically keto meals for not keto people and it's basically meals without the noodles or without rice so you can add your own rice noodles whatever you want but they were really good and then drink mix wise, you know, like Mountain Ops obviously has some options and they taste good. Uh, Wilderness Athlete has some options that taste really good as well. Uh, one that you don't really have to order, you can kind of pick up from anywhere now it seems like is called Liquid IV. Their watermelon one is my go-to. And then uh, Gatorade also makes like little individual packets of Gatorade mix. That's a really good cost-effective way and you know how it's going to taste because everybody knows Gatorade. And uh, and then coffee-wise, there's a bunch of different kinds. Um, I use bla- the Black Rifle Instant Coffees a lot. Uh, Dark Timber also has some what they call their vapor packs. Uh, it's a Mount Baker mocha. It's like hot chocolate and coffee mixed together. And then there are some other styles there too with pour-overs. Um, Starbucks instant coffees, 
they do taste good. You can get them about anywhere. Uh, there's another one called Stoker's that you can start picking up now. There's like an Alpine coffee or something like that. There's a lot of different kinds of instant coffees around that you can find and other like variations of that as well. You know, you can get like vanilla and different things like that. Um, oh yeah. And then, uh, typically, you know, I would just put everything in like a quart size bag or a a gallon Ziploc bag, but with like plastic and the, just, you know, the nature of the Ziplocs, they're, they're kind of loud. So one thing, uh, Leah was using last week that I went ahead and ordered some more. She was using produce bags and it's like, it lets, what they're used for is you go to the store and get produce. And then when you put them in your refrigerator, it's not in plastic. So it, it, they breathe more and then, you know, they're reusable. So you can just keep reusing them instead of, you know, gosh, before I would buy like gallon Ziplocs and I would pre try to pre-make like a lot of the, the year's meals. And then you just like burn through Ziplocs faster, I guess. And, um, or like the, the tabs are breaking off or whatever. Uh, but these produce bags, like they're ultra, ultra quiet. And then you can just reuse them and you can, then you can see through them too still. So you can kind of see what's in there, but it's a good little tip there. Um, all right. That kind of burns through most of it here. Uh, I wanted to talk about lighting a little bit because I think lighting at your camp is kind of is underrated. I don't really mean like outside camp, um, more so we just like hang out inside the tent. Um, but something more than your headlamp can really like lighten the mood and make things a little bit more, uh, more like comfortable for the evening when you're getting ready to go to bed or like in the morning when you're waking up. So, uh, some lighting is good. So, uh, I've just been using the goal zero lantern a bunch. It has, uh, like a solar panel on top of it. So, uh, when I leave for the day, I can unclip it from the pole and I can just like toss it outside the tent and it'll recharge. Um, but that little thing has been nice and it folds down flat. So when you're packing it, it's, you know, light and easy to pack. Um, there's a company called last light that basically makes string lights that you can plug into a battery pack or something like that. Um, And then I've talked about this a bit too, but headlamp wise, I switched to the Petzl Actic Core rechargeable light last year. And I really, really like it. Um, You actually recharge the battery itself. And so you can bring, you know, multiple batteries that you can recharge them. And then if that battery goes dead, you can pull it out and you can put regular triple A's in it. So a little bit of a, a backup option there. And they're just super, really bright. <clears throat> and I like them a lot. So I wanted to throw it out there. Um, and then to recharge all that stuff, you're bringing some battery packs with you is, you know, an, always an option. And like now, nowadays we're recharging our phones to use the cameras in them. Um, I'm recharging like camera, camera batteries, um, recharging the inReach running lights in some occasions. So <clears throat> I need to be, to be able to like bring battery power with me. So, um, I use, I've been using, I just have a few of them. So I've been using the dark energy, uh, packs this year. They are 10,000 milli, I think milliamps is what you do that in, but it's their 10,000. 
Um, I burned through that, those things pretty fast, like in a couple of days with, um, recharging camera batteries and phones and in reaches and all that stuff. Like I burned through those pretty quick. So what I started doing was, you know, you bring two of them with you and then, uh, you know, that would give me a week. If I, if I strung it out, it would give me probably a week, but then once they're out of battery power, then they're just out of battery power. So I added a couple years ago, I added an anchor. Mine is actually a RAV power 15 watt panel. I cannot find that one anymore. It seems, um, but anchor makes one that looks basically just like it on Amazon. It's a 15 watt panel. It's going to run you like 50 bucks, pretty cheap. Um, and they're 13 ounces. So I found that bringing, if it's just me, I'll just bring one dark energy charger with me that's full on the way in and then I'll charge everything at night. During the day, I can roll that panel out, plug it in to the charger and then that the charger is completely refilled to 100% when I get back in the evening or however that works. If you're recharging a lot of stuff or you want to take a battery pack with you during the day, you just add another battery pack in and you can kind of rover them in and out, which seems to work good. Um, another option is if you don't want to take a panel with you, <clears throat> you can get a bitter, a bigger battery pack. I have one from Rav Power that is 20,000 milliamps. And, uh, that thing, it does work really great. It seems like it works a little bit better than the dark energy one. Um, I don't really know how I know that. It just seems like I burn through power in the dark energies, but I still use them. Um, I haven't had any issues with mine. They always recharge and they've been doing good. So that is a good way to do it. And then if you're bringing one charger with you and then that, you know, a way to recharge that charger via solar seems to work really good. Um, The 15 watt panel has been really good. I haven't wanted to go more. I've kind of wondered about the idea of going down to like a 10 watt to see how that would recharge. And if you don't use power a lot, that could probably be a really good way to do it. Save some weight, probably save some dollars too. But that 15 watt panel at 13 ounces, um, it's not that hard to pack. So that basically is what I have for you on this episode. Hopefully I didn't get to too rambling. Just kind of wanted to go through like what I have narrowed down to keep in my kit. Um, I don't really have a lot. I used to have like a lot of extra of kind of everything. I didn't seem to use it that much. So I really have slimmed down on what I'm using. Uh, oh, I, one thing I want to note real quick though. Um, it seems like, you know, for the most part in the lower 48 down, you can get away with a down bag just fine. If you, you take care of it, like, uh, you know, put it in a, put it in a, waterproof compression sack or waterproof dry sack, whatever. And just like, keep, you know, have some care about it. You're going to get along just fine with it. And, you know, people are even using them in wet, wet climates is, and as long as they take care of them, then they're just fine. Uh, if you, in my mind, like going to a really wet environment, I have the slick, uh, zero degree bag from Kafaru that I use pretty much on all of the Alaska trips that I go on, or if I'm going somewhere where I know it's like a really wet climate, especially if we're like flying in or doing something that I might just not be able to walk out to the vehicle if my bag gets wrecked. 
Um, then I'm taking a synthetic bag. Uh, but we've talked about that kind of thing a lot, but I wanted to bring it up again and I didn't add in. Um, I just looked at my notes and realized I didn't add in that Kefaru bag to uh, either of those kits. And that's basically where the synthetic has started fitting in for me is just if we're going somewhere where you can't just walk out to the vehicle and it's going to be a wetter com- climate, um, I'm going to go with that synthetic bag over down. But as in, you know, the Western kind of style where it's like pretty dry climate for the most time, uh, you're not going to be, you know, having to sleep on like marshy surfaces where there's, you know, a lot of water content. Uh, the down bags just seem to perform better for warmth, packability, you know, the warmth to weight ratio, all the things. So with that, I'm going to sign off and hope everybody is having a a good September and we'll uh, talk to you on the next episode.